It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is March 3rd, 2020. My name is Philip Rosenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll talk about the Orlando Magic's loss to the Portland Trailblazers and why the Magic have lost their identity. We'll talk about that coming up in just a moment. Before we, before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching wherever you download podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, this podcast is covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the Portland Trailblazers perspective on Monday's game? Check out Locked On Blazers. Want to look ahead to Wednesday's game against the Miami Heat after their big win over the Milwaukee Bucks. Check out Locked On Heat. No matter which team you're interested in, whether it's the NBA, MLB, MLB, NHL College, or uh, NFL 2, you can find a Locked On podcast for you. Just search Revy Download Podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Don't forget to check out our national podcast, Locked On NBA, Locked On Fantasy Basketball, the Hollinger and Duncan NBA show, as well as Rejecting the Screen. Again, you can find all these podcasts wherever you download podcasts today, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. The seeds for the Orlando Magic's defeat on Monday were again laid early. Just like against the San Antonio Spurs, just like seemingly against a lot of opponents recently. And again, it's just a two-game losing streak, so maybe it's not completely a time for panic, but... So much of the Magic's problems were done early. Yes, Orlando recovered. Yes, Orlando took the lead. Yes, Orlando was in the game heading into the fourth quarter, but the habits and the problems that kept rising up again and again and again and again all showed up from the very beginning. 
Not some distant time, not suddenly, but throughout the course of the game. C.J. McCollum scored 17 points, made four three-pointers in the first quarter alone on his way to 41 points. The Portland Trailblazers shot 80% in the fourth quarter. But it all started early, a 7-0 lead for Portland. And the understanding from the Blazers that they could run pick and rolls to their heart's content. They could move the ball for open threes to their heart's content. The Magic were not going to do much to stop them. So yes, Nikola Vucevic had a fantastic offensive game with 30 points, helping the Magic climb back and take the lead in the first quarter. But McCollum hit big threes toward the end of the quarter to give Portland the lead, scoring 30-plus points yet again in an opening quarter. Yes, Terrence Ross had another typical Terrence Ross game, keeping the Magic in it with his energy and shot-making. Magic doing just enough to keep themselves afloat. Yes, Orlando actually played a decent defensive third quarter, getting themselves back into the game. But it all came back to those same problems from earlier, from the first quarter. Those same problems coming up again and again and again. Facing a four-point deficit entering the third quarter, the Magic's defense simply collapsed. Portland was always able to get into the heart of the defense, making the right play or making the shot, making three-pointers, taking advantage of the Magic's poor offense and poor ball movement throughout the entire game, even when Orlando was scoring. Fact of the matter is, even though the Magic had the game relatively close, most of that second half was played and an 8 to 12 point range, I would say. Maybe a 7 to 12 point range, or 6 to 12 point range, or 6 to 9, 10 point range, somewhere in there. But Portland always had control. Orlando was always chasing, and Orlando simply did not have the defensive chops to finish the job. Something that they got for a good chunk of the game against the Spurs on Saturday, but let go of at the end. If you want to blame something for the Magic's recent struggles, or again, two-game losing streak, but really the Magic's frustration and the Magic's understanding of how poorly they are playing, look no further than the defense. The Magic's supposedly vaunted defense is just struggling. There's, there's really no other way to break it down. They're not scrambling effectively. They're not making second efforts. They're not stopping their own man, most importantly, at the point of attack. Vucevic is dropping too deep and giving up too much space to good shooters. Every element of the Magic's defense that needs to be there, the physicality, you know, giving a little bit of resistance to guards going around screens. You know, guards are going to get eaten up by screens. The trick is to make the the ball handler take a wide enough angle around it that you can get around it yourself. And the Magic aren't doing that. And that exposes Vucevic, who is doing what he is told to do and dropping. And frankly, Orlando's offense, while playing significantly better, is not good enough to sustain things. It's been rare this season that we can kind of firmly say the Magic let go of the rope completely. I, I, you know, I, I know I've said this on the show many times. I'm not here to question effort. And generally, I think the one thing that we can say definitively about this team, even though they have disappointed, even though they've not played to to preseason expectations perhaps, 
the one thing I feel we can definitively say about this team is they fight. And frankly, outside of Ross, outside of Fultz for some stretches, outside of Vucevic for some stretches offensively, this is the first game in a while. And I'll exclude the Clippers game because I think that was just a weird day. This is the first time in a while the Magic just, they didn't fight. And that is unacceptable. There's going to be games like these. You're going to get beat. You're going to, there are going to be days where it's not your day. But the Magic know their defense has been a problem. They know that that is the most vital thing in their team. And we know that they are capable of playing high-level defense. This isn't something new. Teams are doing are attacking the Magic exactly how they've attacked the Magic all year long. And the Magic have defended it well. Now, granted, Aaron Gordon was out with right knee inflammation. So you're down one of your best defenders. Not that Gordon would, would have done anything but defend Carmelo Anthony. Maybe he would have saved a few shots at the rim. Maybe. I don't think that would have mattered. This is the kind of loss that better serve as a wake-up call. And if it doesn't, that's deeply concerning. Because the Magic have been playing with fire for a while. They've given up 110 points in, I believe, five of their past six games. If not more. I'm, I'll, I'll look that up here in a sec. They've given up a lot of points. And they've been able to survive. Give them credit. That is, that's, you know, I don't know if it's anything, but it is something. But undoubtedly, this is not the way. This is not how the Magic are going to win. This is not how they're going to succeed in the playoffs. And Clifford set, has said it time and time again, and has said it recently, in fact. And if they don't clean this defense up, they're in big trouble. And though that, that, that toll came due. And the Portland Trailblazers were the team to take advantage of it. Portland defeats Orlando 130-107 to at the Amway Center. The Magic begin a four-game road trip, the last big road trip. This is the last time the Magic go on the road for more than two games. The rest of the season, a four-game road trip starting on Wednesday against the Miami Heat. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Before we dive deeper into the defensive troubles, let's run through the final box score for you real fast. Your Orlando Magic led in scoring by Nikola Vucevic with 30 points, 11 rebounds, 12 for 24 shooting, 3 for 7 from beyond the arc. It's it's hard for me to assail Vucevic for anything he did offensively. I mean, this this is unfortunately a you know pre-last year kind of typical Nikola Vucevic performance. Uh, the Magic do not do much offensively without him in this. 
this game. And and and, and that's part of the problem. I'll get into that. There's a, there's a lot to, to kind of peel back here with this Nikola Vucevic performance. Um, Vucevic scored. He would he had the bulk of the scoring, and and a lot of it was, you know, like it is with Vucevic. Um, players creating for him and giving him space to score. Um, so he takes advantage of, you know, the gaps in the defense, and 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 the Magic did a good job feeding him in the post when he had matchups, but um, overall stayed on the perimeter a little bit. And and again, I, I think that's becoming a little bit more of a problem that Vucevic is hanging around the perimeter. Um, it's not like the the lane is opened up for drivers to get into the paint. Um, and I thought a big problem for the Magic throughout this game was their lack of paint touches. Um, I thought the Magic shot selection overall was really poor. Um, I thought their shot decisions were really, really just bad. Um, and a lot of it was just the offense wasn't flowing. The offense wasn't moving at all. It was a lot of one pass, shoot, you know, one pass, two pass around the perimeter, shoot. Not a lot of dribble penetration, not a lot of kicking out, which is how you want your three-pointers to come. If you got to force the ball in the paint through a post-up, do it that way. I mean, even if it's not a post-up to score, make it a post-up to to create some movement in the defense, to create the def- to force the defense to collapse a little bit, to you know create some cutting space because the, the defense is maybe loading up to try and stop a post up move or a dribble handoff around. You know, do, you know there there are creative ways to create paint touches, um, and the Magic just didn't execute that way. But I do have to give Nikola Vucevic credit; he made shots. He 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 was reliable offensively and did what the Magic have to expect from Nikola Vucevic. The question with Nikola Vucevic, and it's been a question that's been more pressing and pressing and pressing, especially in this recent stretch, um, is does Nikola Vucevic's offense make up for his defense? I think there's, again, multiple layers to peel back here. I'm not saying Nikola Vucevic played good defense. I don't think he did. I think this was a very bad defensive game for Nikola Vucevic. Um, I think that, I think I've noted this, the way the Magic play their defense is they have the center drop. Um, Steve Clifford has said, has defended that strategy as saying, the statistics say, this is how you should play defense. That the numbers say, you know, if you press up, you know, your big gets beat off the dribble. If you, you know, sit back, you give your, you know, and contain the ball, you give your, give the ball handler time to recover and get in front and, and, and for Vucevic or whoever to rotate back to his man. Um, no matter what the way offenses are set up, it's going to put stress on the defense in some way when you get into a pick and roll. So, you know, there, there's, a, there's a lot at work here. The visuals and the optics of Nikola Vucevic dropping don't look good. So it becomes very, very easy to blame him. Having said that, um, I tend to use soccer terminology here. I feel like Nikola Vucevic last year did a very good job setting a fairly aggressive line. He was dropping, but he was still engaged. He was never, he wasn't backpedaling as much. He was saying, This is as far as I want you to go. I am holding my line here and trusting the ball handler to get around so I can get back to my man and prevent a lob. You know, we talked a lot before Steve Clifford got here about how Nikola Vucevic was always left in no man's land, where he was backpedaling because he didn't want to give up the lob, but giving up space to guards. And that's kind of where we're back with Nikola Vucevic right now. I I, I, I say this often to myself when I'm watching games, when I see this happening, make a choice. Even if you're making the wrong choice, even if you give up the points, make a choice. Trying to do trying to do both, trying to cover your man and set the line to to where uh, to where you're dropping. You're you're ultimately giving up both, in that sense. So I I, I almost would prefer 
Nikola Vucevic just say, this is the line. If you can get a lob over my outstretched hands and over whatever rotating defense and whatever space you've got left, good on you. The Magic will have to adjust from there. But make a choice even if it's the wrong one. Honestly, if you're going to hedge, if you're going to try and blitz a screen, which, you know, again, Nicole, you know, I think dropping is the right strategy for this Magic team. I, I, obviously, the results say dropping is the right strategy. The Magic have a scheme that has worked. Now, teams are, you know, very savvy about how they attack it, and certainly in the playoffs, you know, it, it becomes a little bit more of an issue. Um, but, but this is, if, if Nikola Vucevic is going to be the starting center, this is how the Magic should play. And honestly, even with Mo Bamba, with his length, this is how the Magic should play. You go look at the Milwaukee Bucks, you know, one of the best defenses in the league. They drop, and they drop more aggressively than the Magic do. The Magic are modeling a defense very similar to that, where they want, you know, long-arm guys who can recover quickly and contest and, and impact shots even if they're working their way around a screen. That's the vision. And, and you know, again, we can debate about the future of the team, whether Nikola Vucevic fits that vision. You know, I I think that's a debate for another day. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make that argument here, but Nikola Vucevic isn't setting his line well. In fact, I think that there's you know even even though you're dropping and it is a more conservative, pack the paint approach to defense, you still need to be aggressive. You still need to be assertive. You still need to kind of set and dictate where you want the offense to go. And right now, Vucevic isn't doing that. Right now, it feels like Vucevic is retreating too much. And again, I don't care if he gets beat. He's got to set a line. He's got to set the place that he wants the offense to stop and hold it there and trust his teammates to fill in around him. That's, I mean, honestly, that's the big thing that's missing right now is, you know, for whatever reason, Vucevic is retreating because maybe he doesn't trust the guys behind him or maybe that's just kind of his inclination. Um, you know, again, he did a really good job with this last year. He's done a really good job with it at points this year. I often say that there's a rhythm to it, sort of like a shot rhythm, and Vucevic is just completely out of whack right now. So again, Nikola Vucevic did not have a good defensive game. He was giving up way too much space. Guys were were walking into mid-range jumpers, and again, maybe that's a shot you want to give up, but it can't be open. He's got to do a better job contesting, being more active with his hands. That is a big thing for me with centers. You've got to be active with your hands. Your hands. You've got the longest wingspans typically on the team. You've got to be active and get those hands out there to just be a, you know, a visual presence as much as anything. The Magic did struggle so much defensively that they've, that they've stopped. They've started, and I've done this a few times this year, uh, recently too. They started blitzing. They are not blitzing, but they started hedging a little bit harder, which I think helped. Third quarter, honestly... The Magic hedged a little bit. Vucevic came up a little bit. He's a little bit more aggressive and assertive defensively. And the Magic played pretty good defense. Now, Portland adjusted, and and they were able to kind of break that trap a little bit. Um, And and Orlando didn't really have an answer, especially because they couldn't score offensively. Um, But, but again, to me, it's a mindset. And, And so, clearly, the Magic can have that mindset. It's an aggressive mindset that we're going to defend. Um, and, and again, I, I, I say I'm running through the box score here, but there's there's not a lot of box scores you run when it comes to defense. You either play good defense or you don't. But like I said, I don't think you can put all the blame on Nikola Vucevic. Um, you know, again, the visuals of him dropping don't look good. It makes it seem like he's not doing the right thing. He it, For the most part, he is. He is mostly playing the scheme. Now, you can argue whether the scheme is right. Honestly, for this personnel, it is. 
Uh, I think, again, the results the results show that. But when Vucevic is not playing aggressively, it hurts. But the other part of it is the guards have to do a better job getting around screens. And and that's when that was a problem before Steve Clifford got here. It's been a problem, a little bit of a problem lately. Um, I would say that Evan Fournier certainly struggled with CJ McCollum, um, obviously. McCollum hit some tough shots over him, but overall, you know, Fournier has not been, you know, Fournier is better at getting around screens than he was, you know, two, three years ago. But that is still a major struggle for him. And he struggled a lot in this game, just kind of containing Evan Fournier. I mean, or containing CJ McCollum. Um, Steve Clifford has talked about it a lot. The biggest problem for the Magic this year defensively has been individual defense. The rotations have been fine, but they've been activated too quickly, um, you know, and too often. The individual players are not taking responsibility for their own man. They're not containing their own man. Defenses in this league are not about stopping your guy. It's about containing them, Shut, you know, shuttling them to areas of the floor you want them to be, and kind of keep and you know, kind of keeping them from getting to those golden spots, those you know, in the paint three pointers, and and to the foul line. You don't want to foul either. Those are the big things. Um, Fournier, you know, had a, a poor game tonight. Thirteen points, five for fourteen shooting, two for eight from beyond the arc. Um, he's not a. He's the most consistent offensive player for the team this year. But he still has bad games like this. It's not like Nikola Vucic last year where you know he had two bad games and that was it. Um, Fournier will still have bad games, didn't shoot the ball well, was forcing a lot of his actions, just trying to make something happen because nobody else was in this game. The other guard who really struggled was Markel Fultz. Fultz, seven points, three for nine shooting, 10 assists, three rebounds. So offensively, you know, yeah, it didn't have his shot going. I, I think the Magic tried to, to force the ball into the post with him a lot. And again, a lot of just stagnant offense um, overall for the Magic. But Fultz did a good job finding guys. To, I mean, some of the passes he makes are just incredible still. Um, and, and, and he got the ball moving a little bit. It is perhaps a little bit of a coincidence the Magic were a plus zero with uh, Fultz on the floor. Only two players had a non-negative plus minus. It was Markel Fultz and Mo Bamba. Um, but, and they both did not play nearly enough. But I did not think Fultz's defense was particularly good in this game either. Um, I thought that he... Uh, again, struggled on screens. He fouled a couple three-point shooters. That is a big pet peeve and probably why he got benched a little bit in this game. Um, just He just didn't have it this game either. And, and I think the Magic sort of opted for rest. Uh, but um, he did, I, I did not, I mean, I know the plus-minus numbers. I did not think he played very well. Um, I thought this was a, this was not a good game for anyone, anyone on the, uh, uh, any, any one of the guards defensively. And, and frankly, that's what matters right now is, is the Magic got to get this defense right. Going quickly through the rest of the box score, um, Terrence Ross off the bench, 23.7 for 15, shooting 4 for 11 from beyond the arc. I, I would say he was the lone bright spot for the team. Um, the good news for the Orlando Magic is Ross is starting to play like Terrence Ross from last year um, more consistently. So he's making shots and, and really changing the tenor of games. The Magic got back into the game in the second quarter because Terrence Ross started hitting a ton of shots. Um that, that, that was a reliable play for them to go to and a reliable person for them to turn to. Ross is just Ross is in a good groove right now and he's, he's making the right reads and making the right plays. Um, Mo Bamba deserves some note. Nine points, three for five shooting, one for two from beyond the arc, six rebounds, three assists. Um, he is in a nice groove overall too. Um, you know, I, I think that he it was generally in the right spots defensively. I think he was generally doing a good job uh, protecting the rim. He didn't, didn't block any shots or anything. Um, you know, offensively, he's crashing the offensive glass really well. I really like that. Um, I, I made an observation that he's popping a little too much, and some of that has to do with DJ Augustin, who's not the greatest 
He's a good pick-and-roll player, but more in a pick-and-pop situation. He's not making any passes through traffic. Um, I'd still, even with that said, I'd still like to see Bamba roll once or twice just to keep defenses honest. Um, uh, just, just to, I mean, I've, I've had this thought, and it's probably something I'll explore a little bit more in the summer. I really think the Magic need a, a center who can play above the rim. Um, and Mo, you know, while not a, you know, super athletic, you know, big man type that, that, that plays, you know, dunking like that, he can play above the rim. I and mean, some of the putbacks he's had, he's he's the one getting dunk putbacks. Nikola Vucevic doesn't dunk on his putbacks. Mo Bamba does. And, and, and I, well, I don't think, again, that's not everything. I do think that that is meaningful. It's another weapon you have. You're not throwing law, you know, you're not throwing Dwight Howard style lobs up to Nikola Vucevic. Um, it's, it's. Being able to play above the rim is a new di- is another dynamic that again I think this team is missing. If if you're looking for things this offense needs, you know Aaron Gordon plays above the rim that helps a ton in transition. Um, Jonathan Isaac can play above the rim helps a ton in transition. Nikola Vucevic is not that guy. And and again you know I, I think you know if if you're coming to the same conclusions that I'm probably leading to that that the writing does feel a little bit on the wall that it's that it's time. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think you're wrong as, as we begin to, you know, once we get to the offseason, really begin to think about the direction this team is headed next. So, of course, after uh, at halftime of Wednesday's game, we'll be three quarters of the way through the season. Uh, and so, again, a lot of questions, you know, will we'll co- start coming to the forefront as, as the summer draws closer and closer. Of course, we'll, we'll address a lot of those after the playoffs. The Magic overall shoot 38.5%, 37 for 96. It did feel like they shot a little bit better, but again, that's that fourth quarter was just abysmally bad for Orlando. Um, 14 for 43 from beyond the arc. Again, 43 three-point attempts. We've, we, I've had this discussion before. This is very similar to the Dallas game. Magic got open threes. They missed them. The, the, three, the quality of the three-point shots were not as good in this game as it was in the Dallas game. Um, 43 threes is just way too many. Um, I, I really do think that this Magic team should be probably shooting between 30 and 33 three-point attempts per game. I think that is the sweet spot. Probably 32 is really the sweet spot for this team. Um, it's probably it's a good sign that they are you know moving the ball, getting quality three-pointers, but they're not settling. Shooting 43 three-pointers with this team particularly, not a good look for Orlando. Um, they do get 11 offensive rebounds. They score plenty off of those offensive rebounds. Just six turnovers. So Orlando protects the ball. This was really about execution and getting stops. But again, Orlando outscored 38 to 19 in the fourth quarter. They give up 26 they they score only 26 points in the paint, 17 second chance points, only 13 fast break points. Um they don't do a good job then getting themselves in transition. Again, Portland had 12 turnovers, Orlando only 8 points off those turnovers. The Blazers on the other hand shoot 55.7% from the floor, 16 of 33 from beyond the arc, uh perfect 16 of 16 from the foul line, 27 assists on 49 field goal makes. Uh, led in scoring by C.J. McCollum with 41 points on 14 for 24, shooting 6 of 12 from beyond the arc. Made all 7 of his free throws. Gary Trent Jr. scores 14 of his 24 in the fourth quarter. 9 for 16, 4 for 6 overall from beyond the arc. Um, again, all five all five of their starters, plus Mario Hazonia off the bench, score in double figures. The Portland Trailblazers just waxed the Orlando Magic. I, I really don't have any other way to say it. And, it, and it's... It's not necessarily that the Magic would have won this game otherwise, but the Magic are facing a little bit of an identity crisis. And, and this game, you know, you got to hope is the, the the straw that breaks the camel's back because the Magic cannot play this way and sustain their winning. And, and the defensive numbers and the defensive 
attention to detail have really gotten to a little bit of a tipping point. And we'll share those numbers here in just a minute. playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama every monday jackson gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the nba playoffs mark your calendars to listen to locked on nba every monday to be up to date locked on nba available on youtube and wherever you get podcasts part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Friday night, as Orlando Magic players were celebrating Aaron Gordon's triple-double, you know, giving him a, a, an ice bath, essentially, Steve Clifford was addressing the media. And he put it in very plain terms, despite a very nice win over the Minnesota Timberwolves. Put it in plain terms. This offense is fool's gold. If we believe that we are going to outscore teams, we are in big trouble. Now, he would later clarify when, when, when I asked him about it a little bit more, about you know maybe getting sucked into kind of a fast-paced game against, a, a, you know, they faced Brooklyn and Atlanta and Minnesota, all three teams who play very, very fast. It's very easy to get kind of sucked into that kind of game. And, you know, possession numbers count, so we're not going to, you know, completely go by score, giving up 110 points or whatever, whatever the case may be, although I'll, I'll share that stat here in just a moment. He said, you know, that's, that's possible, but... At the end of the day, this is who we are. We are a defensive team. And the defense they're playing right now isn't going to get the job done. It didn't get the job done in San Antonio where the Magic fell behind by 16 on multiple occasions and then used their defense to get back in the game until those final six minutes when it became a track meet yet again. And the Magic shot-making failed them. Yes, the Magic got one brilliant defensive play, one desperate defensive play to go their way, and maybe we're thinking and talking differently about where things stand if Evan Fournier hits that layup, or maybe that layup was necessary to show just how much abnormally good offense is covering, because the 130-107 to 107 loss to the Portland Trailblazers on Monday really laid bare where this team is at. Some numbers do, in fact, illustrate this point. One day's game was the second worst defensive performance of the season. They gave up 131.3 points per 100 possessions. The only game that was worse was the Magic's loss to the Houston Rockets in December, that that amazing James Harden game. Orlando, in their last... 16... Pretty much since January 16th, that, you know, rousing victory over the Los Angeles Lakers. Since January 15th, midway point of the season, it's the last 20 games now, not insignificant, Orlando has given up 114.5 points per 100 possessions. Since the calendar, since this calendar turned to the second half of the season for the Magic, the last 20 games, 7-13, and 13, Orlando has the 23rd best defense in the league. They are a bottom 
10 defensive team in the last 20 games. Looking more closely than at the Magic. And at the Magic's kind of game-by-game statistics. So again, looking back at the Magic's most recent run of play, just raw numbers. I'm not even going to get into the, the, the kind of basic stats here, basic pace-neutral stats. Raw numbers. The Magic have given up more than 110 points in eight of their last 10 games. More than 110 points, just a raw number. This is one of the slowest-paced teams in the league. should tell you something as well. In the course of their last eight games, Orlando's given up more than 110 points per 100 possessions in seven of the last eight games. So the raw numbers are way high, and the actual pace neutral numbers are way high. This is a team that, you know, is season average, still top 10 defense, giving up 107 points per game. Before, in the first half of the season, so ending on that game against the Lakers on January 15th, feels like a lifetime ago at this point. The Magic were fifth in the league, giving up 105.4 points per 100 possession. So the Magic have gone from giving up 105.4 points per 100, so 105 points per 100 possessions, to giving up 114.5. They're giving up nine points per 100 possessions more in the last 20 games. This is a significant turnaround. And it's, you know, yes, teams might have figured out how to beat the Magic a little bit better. But this isn't just about that. This kind of a downturn isn't just about that. It isn't just about injuries. Because the Magic were doing fine even with the injuries. This is simply about execution. This is simply about the Magic not playing the way they are capable of playing. They know they can play the way they know they must play. Steve Clifford's entire press conference after Monday's game. Again, surprised that he took questions because this was the kind of game that, you know, the coach usually frustrated, throws his hands up, says an opening statement, and walks off. It's more disappointment than anger at this point. He said it best. The Magic have to get back to playing Magic defense. Otherwise... The seven seed's certainly out of the question, no matter how bad Brooklyn's playing. And yes, Clifford even said they're not making the playoffs if they keep playing defense this way. Essentially, again, since January 16th, the Magic have a minus 5.9 net rating. Puts them 25th in the league. They're playing like one of the 10 worst teams, one of the six worst teams in the league since January 16th. To say the least, this is all unacceptable. This is not Magic basketball. This is not the way the Magic want to play. And they need to get back to playing defense. Oftentimes, and it happened honestly with the waving of Troy Daniels, people will tell me, oh, the Magic should go sign this guy. 
They need shooting. And yes, the Magic needs shooting. Don't get me wrong. Offense is a huge issue. But none of that matters. Very clearly, none of that matters because the Magic in that same span are scoring 108.6 points per 100 possessions, which is, again, not great. 24th in the, in the league in that time, but better than they were before. You paired this offense up with the defense the Magic were playing in December, in November. Magic are going on the run that they went on last year. Like, that's, 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 that's the truth of it. Even the defense they played right after Jonathan Isaac's injury. You give that defense this offense, and the Magic are winning a lot of games. We're not, we're not talking about worrying about the seventh seed. But Orlando has lost that way. And so, any discussion about the Magic improving right now who cares about the offense? The offense is going to be what the offense is. They're going through an upswing in the offense right now. Eventually, that's going to change because that's not who this team is. This team is a defensive team. That is their identity. And the Magic have lost their identity. The Magic have lost the backbone that makes this team a playoff team, a playoff caliber team. And there's really nothing to say except to play better, to put more effort, to put more intensity, to put more attention to detail, something that frankly has been missing all year long on that end. Clifford has been warning about the defense all year long, stressing that they're not playing physical enough on on the perimeter, stressing they're not rebounding nearly well enough despite ranking very high in defensive rebound rate. Stressing that the Magic still have to be better. And if defense is not a given for this team, Steve Clifford is 100% right. They're not going to do, they're not going to accomplish anything they want to accomplish. That, frankly, even only up four games on Washington, includes making the playoffs. It's no sure thing yet. It it, it feels that way because Washington's really struggled, but... If the Magic don't shape up, they're going to be in trouble. They're going to make it a race or a much tighter race than it should be. We are entering the final quarter of the season. This is the sprint to the finish. And yet we're still asking or pondering a very fundamental question. And maybe that answers everything we need to know about what the Magic are going to do this offseason. I, th- I think, I know a lot of fans are anticipating the offseason because, well, you know, I'll even admit it, 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 the Magic aren't winning a playoff series. No one's expecting that. Just want to, I want to see them be competitive. I want to see them take a game, maybe two. And the way they're playing now isn't going to accomplish that. To be sure, Orlando's going nowhere without their defense. And unfortunately, Monday's game, as I explained, you know, pretty detailed, I think, about but of some of the things I think are going wrong with the defense. But Monday's game finally laid bare what's been working under the surface for so long. And the Magic need to get their defense back in shape. 
I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Music, search or tune in Himalay, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. We'll begin looking at our review of the third quarter of the season. Look ahead to what's in store over the final 20 or so games as the Orlando Magic are now indeed in the sprint to the finish as they begin this critical road trip. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.